Hey, EB community. Welcome to the weekly Mia Thrives podcast. I'm Melissa, and my fellow co-host Jill and I are really excited to open up the conversation around the skin disease epidermolysis bullosa, also known as EB for short. So let's discuss what living with EB is all about. We hope you weigh in on our Facebook forum where the conversation continues. Let's talk thriving with EB. Hi guys, here we are with Jill Peters and Melissa Vassalo-Ideens to talk from Mia Thrives about our EB community. And one of the events that has come up recently in our community is uh, a discussion around the subtypes and how members, our friends, and our family are having different experiences with EB within their own different subtypes. And this week on Mia Thrives, we'll be talking about dominant dystrophia. And with us is our friend and a big part of the EB community. It's it's Chris. Chris, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everybody. This is uh, Chris Graff, um, tattoo artist, EB, warrior and you know i also have ddeb um just gonna share some of my insights with you awesome (laughs) okay so i thought maybe we could get this conversation started with um jill giving us some definitions just so that anybody listening in on this conversation and even for ourselves just so that we have a clear understanding of uh ddeb yes And so I am getting this definition from Deborah International, um, worldwide well-known organization. And so I thought that would be the best place to go for this definition. So um, dystrophic EB is characterized by a lack of adhesion of the skin under the basement membrane found between the dermis and epidermis. Approximately 25% of all B, it says sufferers, have dystrophic EB. The dystrophic type may be inherited as dominant or a recessive trait. And we'll talk a little bit about that as well. Um, Dystrophic EB derives its name from the tendency of the blisters to heal with scarring. This process can lead to contraction of the joints, fusion of the fingers and toes, contraction of the mouth membranes, and narrowing of the esophagus. There is a wide variation in the severity of dystrophic EB. In general, dystrophic EB is not life-threatening in childhood. At its least severe, this is often the dominant inheritable type of dystrophic EB, DDEB, which Chris mentioned, the patient can lead an almost normal life. However, the severity of the disorder does increase at a later age due to scarring, fusion of fingers, and wastage of skin tissue. So that is their Oh man, Chris, that language, I mean, some of that language is, it hurts me, I gotta I got be honest off the bat. Um, I've, I've lived with it for 38 years and I'm confused. I know. <laughs> gosh, gosh, I know. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, for our purposes here today, we're, we're not going to have a conversation about recessive EB. We're going to stick to dominant dystrophic EB. And um, Chris, you know, it, it talked about in there that it can be hereditary. And for you and I, that's certainly our situation. Uh, yep. We both have kids with EB. And um, I was just wondering if, if you wanted to start this conversation off for us. Yeah. Uh, so, again, this is like my personal experience with my 
with my skin. I can't speak for everybody with DDEB. I know um, everybody presents differently. Like, That's right. For instance, be- like the difference between my skin, Max's skin, and Malia's skin, me and Max are very similar where everything is just pretty much strictly joints, where Malia has joints, but she's also got like a chronic wound on her shin that's never that's never quite healed. It's all like she's been wrapped since she was born right. on her on her one leg. So but it's it's the exact same E B just presents a little bit differently. Right. So with that said, we can jump in. <laughs> uh, so and I, I feel it's important because, you know, I've I've spoken with people and read things from people with D D E B where I'm like, okay, well my my skin's never presented like that, or that's never happened to me. So, it's I I always felt EB is like a case by case basis. I agree with you completely. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I'll even say for me, uh, my daughter is Mia is third generation EB, and my dad's lower limbs was a completely open wound, and I don't have um, my skin uh, doesn't have that kind of challenge it's it's predominantly my jointed areas that i have the uh, most challenging flare-ups and then amelia has uh, more challenging than i and she's had a lot of internal problems with with her EB. she's already had a, a surgery for her um for in her esophagus she's got uh, eb yeah. so you know, even with the generations, like you're saying, there's there's a really big difference, and between siblings, uh, your two kids present absolutely. differently. So, I so think I, like, from I that feel place, like it's important to just, yeah to just break that up into this is how I presented, this is how you presented, because everybody has their own experiences. It's just like life; everybody has their own experiences, and no one person can speak for a group just because they have that DDEB label. That's because right. Because I find that they all present differently. So, um, me personally, uh, my skin was worse when I was young. Um, I believe it was 1986. I went to Spain. Like, I was riddled with infections. I spent a lot of time in and out of sick kids. Um, because there wasn't a lot of knowledge about EB in the early 80s. And then we went to Spain for treatment over there. Um, you know, big help, big diet change. Learned a lot about bandaging. Came back, my skin was a lot better. Now, was that the first time um, you had been around a lot of other people with EB? First time I ever seen anybody with, with EB, um, as far as I can remember. Right. Um, and then growing up, the same thing. Um, I was never part of an EV community, like, my way of dealing with my EV was just to pretend it didn't happen. Um, like, it, it, it wasn't there, you know, I was, I'm, you know, very rough and tumbly to this day. I grew up with brothers that were very rough and tumbly, like, we're outdoors kids, we skateboard, we were on bicycles, building jumps, um, and yes, I would fall and, you know, hair chunk and bandage myself up and you know I, I I didn't give it I didn't give it any value in my life as you didn't as let it hold you back right do. yeah you didn't let yeah. it hold you back in any way never yeah um and that's you know that's that's translated to other areas of life like I 
used to, you know, knowing I wouldn't let my skin slow me down, you know, a few years later I sprang an ankle and I'm like, oh, I can't let that slow me down either. I'm not led to problems now, but that was just my way and my family's way of dealing with it because I wasn't raised with my biological family. I was raised by um, like adopted parents that had no experience with EB. Nobody in the family had EB. Right. So that's really isolating, you know, that, that can yeah. be really challenging if in, in and of itself. Oh, of course. And, you know, from a physical standpoint, it was like, you know, we were, I lived in Northern Ontario. We were not wealthy. We lived in a very, very small house with a lot of people in it. And it was like, I don't care if it's raining, snowing, you know, go outside and play. Right. So I spent a lot of time outside and with that comes injuries, but Physically, I, I would say I never let EB slow me down. Mentally, there's a lot, there's a lot of issues there, but um, physically, that's that was just how things happened for me. I think you're making a really important distinction there between the physical side of EB and the mental side of EB, because. You know, there's certainly a lot of emotions racing through any of us when we feel different than our family or our peers. And, you know, a lot of challenges come up when we feel isolated and look around and and we don't see ourselves reflected on TV, in the books, amongst our peers. And and that's challenging uh, in its own right. And... I think it's really important that you bring this up, Chris, because I think part of the the challenge that our community is facing is that everyone has their own isolated stories, and we need to start coming together as a group and saying, okay, you know, even though we all have our own uh, different subtypes of EB, our own challenges, our own severities, there's also a lot of similarity there, and we can draw strength from each other. But first, we have to recognize that it's okay to ask those questions of one another, right? Absolutely. And Absolutely. I think, I think there's enough, like in the EB community, there's enough emphasis put on the physical. I don't think there's nearly enough put on like the mental health aspect of living with any kind of disability. Um, and as far as asking those questions, um, like over the last, I would say eight years, like since my son was born, I've been like, I've been more like, I would, I would even call it campaigning, um, for EB and being, you know, more like way more active with my skin and in the EB community to try and break down those mental health barriers that my kids are going to face and have started to face in grade school and stuff like that. So that's, you know, I I feel it's important that my kids see the the opposite side, like the mental health aspect, like, because everybody with EB knows there's a physical limitation, but those those questions that they're getting asked at school, um, it's important for them to be ready for them and know how to deal with them. And it's so hard when, you know, the delivery of those questions. Um, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. have a big and partner, right? Are they being are will, being teased? You know, is it in a sense of friendship that someone's genuinely asking? Like that delivery yeah. makes a big difference in our response, right? Yeah. And, you know, growing up in school, kids, you know, oh, do you have leprosy? Do you have scabies? Oh, like there's all kinds, like kids can be ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that, that can be, you know, it, it can put a lot, like, it's a huge burden. Um, so for my children to understand that sometimes kids don't know how to deal with stuff and that's their way of, of trying to understand or not because kids can just be ruthless sometimes. Mm-hmm. But as far as questioning goes, I'll be the first to say there's been times, not EB related, it could have been that I've asked questions of people that I know in the community that have disabilities. And looking back, I'm like, ooh, maybe that was a little bit rude, right? Because, like, because you really don't know, asked, right? And you're genuinely asking a question. Yes, yes. And growing up, people that questioned my skin, uh, like I developed, uh, you know, not. I would say EB may have been a factor in it, um, but I developed a pretty bad attitude problem, like, again, upbringing, um, nurture over nature type thing. But my thing was to lash out violently when somebody made fun of my skin all through, like, grade school and high school. It was like, you know, if you're going to make fun of my skin, you're probably going to get punched in the mouth for it. Well, Um, and as Jill can say with five boys, like, you know, that's a very... um, I think a common reaction with with the young right, boys. especially like Chris is a big strong guy and like I'll show you, you know. Yeah, you, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and that was the thing, and, and I have I grew up with like another mental health thing where I was the smallest one in my family. Wow. So I grew up with like big brothers that were rough and tumbly, and you know, brothers fight. That's what we do. Yeah. And so I learned. Yeah. It's, it wasn't the right thing to do, and I hope my kids don't have to draw that line in the sand. But those were the tools. The that, yeah, that those were the tools in your toolbox, right? Exactly, exactly. That was that was my like that was how I grasped onto situations. Um, now I tend to look at those questions like, don't get me wrong, people can be dicks um, with their questioning, but. I take it as an opportunity, like, if somebody asks me, you know, regardless of the, how the question is directed, like, oh, what's wrong with your skin? Or it could be like, what the hell's wrong with your skin? Or I take it as, you know, this person is curious about my condition, which is my physical well-being. Mm-hmm. So I flip the script and saying, okay, well, yeah, it was delivered kind of wrong, but the person is interested in me. So then I take that opportunity to explain to them, you know, this is my skin, this is EB, this is what it is, and, you know, to to just share that little bit of knowledge. And there's one more person who now understands EB, right? Which is such a challenge. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, where, you know, 15 years ago it was like, what the heck is wrong with your skin? Ouch. (laughs) That was my answer was like, here you go. Now, you know, I've grown a little bit and I've probably matured a little bit, but I take these opportunities to spread 
knowledge about it as opposed to just being angry and because that's easy being angry you know i i found that was very easy for me but it's not productive right it only goes so far yeah and you want it better for your kids right that's not what you want them to go through and that's where i think uh you know the onus is on our community like we have a tremendous sense of wealth of knowledge and experience and if we all pool our resources together we can come up with better tools in our toolbox to arm our kids so when they are asked in the right way or the wrong way we're giving them the best chance to respond and to stick up for themselves in the process and to teach someone something maybe they didn't know beforehand so absolutely absolutely because i just i think you know everybody everybody has something you know everybody has some kind of condition whether it's you know eb uh adhd like there's so many different things that are categorized as things that are wrong with people, mm-hmm. but really, I don't, I don't see it as, like if you, if you stop looking at it as something's wrong with me, you can, you know, I'm not disabled, I'm just, you know, I have to do things differently. Mm-hmm. Like I'm able, just different. I think that's the best way to look at it. You know, it's just part of the characteristics of of who we are. You have brown hair, Jill has blonde hair, like some people have red hair, you know, some people have EB. And then within EB, there are different kinds of, um, different kinds of EB. And uh, that's just what makes us people. Yeah. And I I just think it's like, I don't want to say it's human nature because that's, that's delving a little deeper than, than I'm qualified for. But sometimes I like, I know I do it is anytime I look at somebody, you know, in somewhere in your brain, I'm like, that person is, has it easier than me. They have it worse than Mm me. Um, and even in the EV community, like I feel horrible saying it, but I've seen people where I'm like, wow, how do they cope? Right. And then I've seen other people where I'm like, that's nothing. What are you crying about? You know, a blister on your pinky finger for like, that's, that's not bad. So that judgment is there, even from somebody in the community. Right. You know, like, you're judging others, you're judging yourself. And I think becoming aware of that is is a great way to start to change your perceptions. Well, I think that's exactly where where we're at right now. So um, just to share with our friends and family at home, we had... um, had a real celebration in our community. We had over 170 people come together to celebrate our community. And there were 12 people on stage who bravely shared their stories. And over the last six months, Mia Thrives has done some video storytelling. And of those 12 people, there were three different kinds of EB of uh, stories shared. Um, we had uh, several people who have recessive EB, several people who have dominant dystrophic, and several people who have simplex. And um, what was really interesting during this time is that some of the people uh, who were actually sharing their stories through sharing their stories came to realize that they didn't even know what kind of subtype they had because they had never properly been diagnosed. 
And that says a lot about our healthcare system, right? There's some Absolutely. need for growth and, and change and our community needs to be better armed. But also, it's great that our community is starting to look around and say, hey, I'm not alone here. There are lots of people similar to my situation. And the onus is on me to figure out how I'm going to live the rest of my life knowing that I have EB and that I can help be a part of the change that I'm seeking so it was um, wonderful for us all to come together at this gala. And one of the um, surprising things that came about was even within our community that there was uh, some questions about uh, where some of our artists fit in. And um, one of our artists was negatively asked uh, if, if they in fact had EB because um, that person's understanding of EB was different than, than the person they were speaking to. And unfortunately, the way that question was relayed was in a hurtful manner. But I think that questioning allowed our community to say, hey, you know what, Th this is happening within our community and that's okay to be asking these questions. Let's, let's tackle these questions together in a respectful way and so uh, next year when we decide to have this gala it's going to be about the specific subtypes and honestly Chris that's that's why Jill and I wanted to do this podcast uh, was so that we could speak to our community directly and open the dialogue so that we can all talk to each other whether we have EB or not or are a parent of a child uh, with EB or a caregiver or just a friend um, or a champion of the cause that we can all come together and, and start working on these tools for our toolbox because that ge next generation really does deserve better than what we had growing up, hey? Absolutely. And I think, I think that, that, I don't want to call it general lack of knowledge, but even on different forms that you know I read and I comment on and I'm involved with, um, there's a lot not known about the different subtypes. Like, like I told, said at the beginning, I could speak on my EB, mm -hmm. but I couldn't dream to think of you know trying to speak for somebody that has recessive or junctional or because I just don't know enough about that subtype. Mm -hmm. So to me, like for asking questions, I would I would always wanna, you know, obviously you wanna know as much as you can about E D. But there's so much to learn about every little category that it's it is it's a daunting task. Well just on what I kind of faced when I was meeting everybody is, um, I'm new to the EB community, only a couple of years, right? And yeah. I want to make sure that I'm always respectful and knowledgeable about everyone in the EB community. And that includes caregivers who might not even have EB, but have, I mean, who knows more like your wife who does not have EB, but has three people in her home that does, who knows more than her? Nobody, <laughs> right? She, like, she knows twice as much as I do. Exactly. So it's, 
it's funny in this EB community, I have seen or not seen, I have felt sometimes I mentioned to Melissa at first that I think people struggled with why did I care and why did I want to be a part of this, right? Because I started out as me as nanny and, and then joined me at thrives. And there was, I always felt like I had to prove why I cared or that people yeah, wouldn't tension, right? Like you don't have EB, yeah. how can you even get it? And I'm like, I don't, I am, I, I don't have EB, but I love people who do. And I, you know, I mentioned in our last podcast, but I mean, I, I'm with Mia in daily life things and swimming lessons. And I have, uh, I, I, I might uh, even have had some of the anger things that you had, Chris, where one lady would said something rude to her one time. And I thought, I'm just going to push you right into the pool, actually, <laughs> yeah, rather yeah. than, because it's just, Mia would shut down. And I mean, shut down, like her little face shut down, her head went down, her chin went down and she, and that's not Mia. Right. But yeah, that shame, that shame. And I saw the shame, like I saw it. And then the isolation, I saw that even in a group of four children, if they won't hold her hand because they don't know, like, Oh, that's, you wonder why you become passionate about it. But anyway, um, the whole EB community, people with EB caregivers, people who care champions, everybody needs to know a little bit more. So I, I love the, you know, getting to know all, all the different artists at the gala and their families because I did see a little bit of many different types and saw how it was different in different people and their experience was different. Even though they have the same subtype, their experience is still different. Oh, 100%. Uh, well, absolutely, absolutely. Right. right. And, and what works for somebody might not work for somebody else, right? Or like on these forums and things. I love that statement. <laughs> There's so much on forums that I've read, and it's like, oh, well, what happens when you do this? And it's like 12 different opinions, and everybody's like, oh, that doesn't work, and that doesn't work. Right. And it's like, just because it didn't work for you, right? it doesn't mean it's not going to work for me, right? Right. right. So, so it, don't judge it. You you, like, yeah. listen to it. You know, there's value there. There's value in it. It might not work for you, but there's still value. Share it. Yeah. Understand and, it. And that's the... That, like to read something or hear something and be able to pull the knowledge out of there mm -hmm. and push aside the judgment that automatically might pop up yeah is is where i'm at like you know instead of reading something like if i've tried it before and it doesn't work i'm like ah that's dumb it doesn't work i have to get rid of that oh that's dumb mm -hmm. and Oh, I tried that. It didn't work for me. Right. You know, so that that judgment has to has to be worked on, and that's in our community, but in society in general. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. This is a much larger issue than than just, um, but you know, in, in our community. Going going back to that, you know, when Mia shut down, which is heartbreaking because I love Mia. She's a great kid. Mm -hmm. um, but I've seen that with Max, and Max has come home from school and, like, you know, why does my skin have to be different? And, like, he's to say this person's not trying to be rude. They're genuinely interested in me. Right. Just changing that perspective has made a world of difference in my life. You know, it's, it's helped me, like that chip that was on my shoulder, it's, you know, it might be a crack still, but it's filled in that gap quite a bit. 
because I'm not constantly on the defensive. Well, I think that the openness that you're talking about is certainly uh, a takeaway that, that um, you know, Jill and I will certainly take away and hopefully our listeners at home can as well because, you know, at that gala, it's a, it's a safe environment, right? We're, we're all there supporting the EV community for whatever personal reason that brought us there. And we want to do better for our community. So I think it's wonderful that you felt uh, when someone was asking a, a question to you that it was in the spirit of love and curiosity and that you could respond back with that same kind of love. And I don't mean to be, I know that sounds really cheesy, but you know, I think moving forward that that's what we need to do is. Yeah, absolutely. It's anytime, anytime anybody, like the way I look at it is those, they were genuinely interested in, you know, my health and well-being. How, how are you doing this? And they probably really liked your tattoos too. (laughs) Probably, probably like I'm that, you know, but how can you, how can you interpret that as anything other than a form of love? If somebody's genuinely interested in your health and well-being, that that can't, you know. I guess it could come from a place of of whatever, but I choose to think that it, it is a form of love, as cheesy as it sounds. Because if they care enough to, you know, ask you that question, even if the delivery is fumbled, because Lord knows I fumble my words all the time. So even if they drop the ball in the delivery, that intention is still there. They want to learn about you. Right. So, you know, I used to get angry, and sometimes it's still frustrating when, you know, you're asked and asked and asked and asked every time you step outside or every time you're in a new group of people. I understand that can be daunting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that silver lining is, most people are generally interested in your health and well-being. Yeah. And that's your opportunity to say, this is my skin, this is, you know, but this is also not who I am. This is a part of me, but it's not all. Yeah, and it's not necessarily the most important part at that either. Exactly, exactly. Like, I've never, um, I believe in a past conversation I mentioned it, to you, Melissa, is like all my hangups in life, I don't think they came from the physical part of my EB. They all came from the mental part of my EB. Mm-hmm. And, and my mental insecurities around my skin. So that's, that's always been a bigger battle for me. I don't think you're I alone think that, in that, Chris. I really think no, no. the majority of us, that's where we're having those hangups, right? That's, yeah, and it's tough. And what, what I've done like for those hangups is like exposure therapy, again, you know, probably 12, 12 miles above my pay grade with the, the psychological gap. <laughs> but I feel if it's, if those questions are asked n- enough, although frustrating sometimes, you're like, come on with the questions already, I believe it becomes just part of a regular conversation. Yeah. You know, somebody asked me about my EB, like, if you ask a doctor about EB, sit down, get lunch, because it's a very long conversation. <laughs> you asked me about my EB, and I've talked about it so much that I can bang that out in a two-minute conversation. 
and probably and, get more information across in that two minutes too, yeah, right? Like, you know, am I teaching that person all the technical mumbo jumbo about EB? Absolutely not. But are they going to leave that conversation more aware of, you know, what my skin is and my form of EB has done to me? Absolutely. So those questions, although they can be hurtful, it, it's that opportunity to to spread the word, so to say. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, sorry, I, go ahead. I, I really don't think that we can beat that. I think in our, um, in our podcast for today, you know, that that's really the message that we want to hit home is that, um, there is opportunity for growth and there always is. there is a lot of hope in having open dialogue and having the freedom to ask our friends in the community their experiences and learn from it and hope that we can be a part of the change that we want to have happen. And um, Chris, I I just wanna thank you very much for taking the time to sit with Jill and I and talk some of this through. No problem, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. (laughs) First to money, hey Jill? Yeah, that's right. Get ready, because you're going to be on here a lot, Chris. (laughs) Okay, no problem, no problem. I'll try and, uh, I'll do some, like, Toastmasters or something. (laughs) It'd be really cute. Public speaking. Wouldn't it be really cute to have the three kids on one day? Oh, man, and the magic between them? Oh, my gosh, wouldn't that be the cutest? Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, just to have them all say epidermolysis bullosa is a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, but well, I think that my two still haven't mastered it. <laughs> you know, my my two, it's like epidermal blah, 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 blah. <laughs> They're so cute. I can't remember how one yeah. of them said it, but yeah, it was one of my favorite moments is watching them all together, uh, being so excited about seeing their bandages and that they were together. Do you remember that? Like they oh, just the, um, oh, absolutely. We were in the pool and. Um, it was really exciting to see when they, when our kids came out, that they all wanted to watch each other getting their bandages changed. Because again, that was oh, just, yes, yes. you know, that was just a normal experience that they would have to do isolated from their friends. And that time, yep. they got to do it together. And it's those experiences then, that I see a lot of hope for the future. That's the important thing because I remember as a kid, I like you know, I skinned my knee and I would suffer with that open knee all through school because I didn't want to change it at school and I didn't want people to see, so I waited until I got home, and uh, which is probably why I was riddled with infection so much as a kid. But, uh-huh. you know, that that shame or that embarrassment um, was a major part of my life when I was a kid, and I'm, I'm glad for moments like we just spoke about with between our children that, that that's not, that's, you know, they see that it's not just them. You know, there's others that are going through things and they're not alone. So I, I believe the EB community is a very important community for all of us. Um, and as you said, you know, you hope we can start to spread awareness. Like, we're the only people that can make that change. Mm-hmm. That's right. Because right? we've lived it. Like, we're, we're out the other side. Exactly. And we have this wealth of knowledge that that we need to share as a community together to make better systems and protocols in place so that when our children are asked, 
you know, hey, what's going on with your skin there that our kids feel confident to say, I have EB and this is what it means. And, Absolutely. you know, be have that pride in themselves and really yeah. feel like they're thriving with their EB, right? That they are Absolutely. the best people and um, they're trying their hardest and that's all we can ask for from our kids. And maybe one day, I was just sitting here thinking, wouldn't it be pretty awesome if one day in the future, and hopefully not far in the future, somebody asked a kid, oh, what's wrong with your skin? And they said, oh, I have EB. And the kid said, oh, EB. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Like, wouldn't that be kind of awesome? This this actually happened to Max at school. No way. A little little boy in his school asked him because he he hurt his, his knee, and the little boy seen him in the office getting wrapped up, and the little boy said, you know, what's wrong with you? And when Max said, oh, I have EB, I have special skin, the little boy said, my aunt has that. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, we, we were like, you know, to Max, we were like, you gotta get that boy's name, and you gotta get the aunt's name, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, we put a lot on the shoulder, we still don't know who the aunt is, but, <laughs> you know. But it's just such a nice feeling when you know you're a part of the community, right? That you're not alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's really okay, ladies. We're gonna close up here. But thank you, Chris. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. Talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thanks very much. (laughs) Appreciate it. Okay. Okay, Bye. Bye. Bye.